I know that's why you're all here. I want to be excited. I do want to be excited. Chris Walker. Nobody was waiting for that. We might actually have somebody listen to the mailbag this time. You better edit all this out. And Luke Gershon. My mom was listening just to hear me dominate Hoseball. <laughs> and now, here's the show. Here's the show. Here's the show. Here's the show. Yeah. Show. Here's the show. Here's the show. Here's the show. Uh, welcome to the RoyalsBlue.com podcast. Uh, it's good to be back, um, even if we we do have Luke here again. Um, but it's it's yeah yeah it's it's okay. Um, this is podcast number tw- thirty. Holy crap! We hit a milestone. It, uh, it it's all downhill from here, kids. So. That's not too far off, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm Zach. I'm Walker. I am Luke. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening. Uh, we actually have something to talk about for the first time in months, and that's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, according to people, baseball is actually coming back. Maybe, maybe I don't know. We'll get into that a little bit. But are you guys I mean, exci- are you excited? You say I mean, people. People have been saying baseball been coming back a long time. And well, but like keep... real, real, real right. actual people now. You know, not just... <laughs> it, it's actually it's scheduled. They actually have a schedule. Is it out? Uh, no. So they haven't released the actual schedule. <laughs> we'll just jump right into it here. So um, they. Uh, Fact checking uh, in the first three minutes. How about, how about a timeline? They actually have a real timeline. Can we go with the timeline? Okay. They do. We do know what the timeline is. So, um, as of eleven thirty-four this morning um, on June twenty-fifth, this is what we've been told. Um, they are going to have a spring training two point uh, That begins. The reporting date for that's July first. And then they're anticipating starting the season on July 23rd or 24th. I assume they're doing a half the team's 23rd, half the team's 24th thing like MLB likes to do. I don't know. Um, a 60-game season, 10 games each against your division. So 40 of the games will be against uh, the Indians, Tigers, Twins, and White Sox. And then 20 additional games. Uh, spread out amongst the National League Central. So Brewers, Cardinals, Cubs, Pirates, and Reds. And yeah, 60-game season and then uh, expanded playoffs and World Series. And it's like they think all of that's going to happen without any interruption. So uh, what uh, what do you guys think? Are we actually going to get 30 teams with 60 games and then a full playoffs or not. 
Yeah, I think we, uh, I think we, I think we will. It's just a matter of how we get there. I don't think they're going to shut it back down again. They might if it gets too bad, but there might be some serious hiccups along the way, given everything going on. Yeah, I'm. You be you can watch the KBO and some of these um, Asian leagues that are going on, and they're they're doing all right. I, I think the KBO has what eight teams in it though, so um, a lot fewer people um, and maybe a little bit better handle on the whole thing there than what we have. Um, my real question about this is going to be um, like, what's the line? Where's the the amount of people where you have to just shut a team down because I mean, the Phillies had like seven guys already at their, um, their complex that have tested positive for it that are now right. Three of them were front office guys. I think four were players, but still um, with the, the travel parties and whatnot that are going to be involved in this and the proximity that the players have to maintain, uh, um, you know, what's going to be the, the threshold uh, will we see not rain out games, but Corona out games where they have to make them up later once like these guys are out of quarantine? Um, there's some things that are I was reading that uh, if you're on the 60 man, they can't drop you off of it and then bring you back. And so once you kind of deplete those, uh, you know, at the end of the year, when they're down to I think it's a 26 man roster for the last month. Uh, and, you know, a lot of those guys are probably going to be possibly in quarantine or even just not available anymore because they dropped them off the 60 man. Um, what's going to happen? I've heard Nashville is supposed to have like two squads of unsigned players that are going to be like playing against each other and kind of staying in shape that a team can pull from kind of like a pool to pull from. Um, you hear all kinds of stuff like that, but it's going to be really interesting. And it's going to go like, I think September 27th is supposed to be the last regular season game, but we have expanded playoffs. So they're probably going to go even deeper into, you know, November. Um, and so what's it going to look like when the, the weather cools and everything like that. So, yeah. And so with the roster stuff, um, they've expanded it from a 25 man, 20, it was 26 last year, right? Didn't they add the 26? Yeah. Um, yeah. To a you have a thirty man opening day roster, um, like which they yeah have to reduce to twenty eight by the two week mark, yeah. and then on day twenty nine of the season you have to reduce that to twenty six players, and then you carry right. twenty six for the rest of the season. However, um, so that's for your actual active roster. Right. They're going from a forty man roster to a sixty man roster. Right. Um, the sat they're calling it a satellite team right that's the, apparently that's what the royals call it which they can draw onto just to how they would draw onto and you know off the 40 man and pat and that's that's the call-ups if you will um is that gonna have options attached to it like yeah that that's so that's the weird stuff that i don't think has been really talked about or announced yet that really yeah. could have a lasting implication regardless of whether they get 60 games for everybody and playoffs in this year, which I'm not as optimistic about. Um, but, you know, we haven't really heard that much from MLB about how does this affect service time? How does this affect options? How does this affect, you know, is this a year that's going to count towards arbitration? Is it not, you know, just different that things. They did say that they did say it's going to count as a year. And if you, even if you are, um, 
like if you're immunosuppressed or like Tim Hill, like a cancer survivor, right? He can sit out this year. He's still going to gain his service time. Um, if you choose to sit out electively without a pre-existing condition, you don't gain your service time. So, um, yeah, they, they've some of that stuff they've already hashed out. Well, I'm going to guess that was a big deal for the Players Association, given how this whole negotiation went. Because let's face it, the the owners were never going to play more than 60 games. You know, yeah, from their... from the beginning, I'm surprised yeah. it's as much as 60. I, I, honestly, uh, I am too. I thought it was going to be that mid 50s, 56 well, they, or 58. They would have played it if to. the if they would have agreed to the prorated salary. It wasn't so many of the games. Yeah. It was the amount of money they're going. Right. They had set at one third. Yep. They're going to do 33 percent. And they picked that and in the very beginning. Be, yep. Yeah. And it could have been a 119 game season if the players would have done that. But what player is going to go out there and risk an injury that affects their future, you know, earnings and all that, so that an owner can maintain like all this money that they're making for not really helping the players out very much? So, so is it a legit season? I know that's that's a pretty hot topic of discussion around. Like, I don't know. What do you guys think? Like, is this a real year? Is the World Series champion this year a real World Series champion? I yeah, know. absolutely. If anything, I almost think it's uh, more so. It'll be this will be one of the more memorable World Series champions you have. This will be the one you remember because everybody's going to be watching this one if it if it actually comes to fruition. Everybody's going to remember who won the World Series in 2020 in a messed up year with messed up circumstances and everybody doing something totally different than they're used to. So I absolutely, it's kind of like the NBA, they're talking the same thing, but it's, it's, it's harder. Like everybody's outside of their comfort zone. Everybody's doing something different. Everybody has to adapt. So, yeah, I think it absolutely will be a real one. And if anything, it'll be more memorable. And really, at the end of the day, when you're talking about some some guys hitting a ball for a living, all that really matters is what you remember, right? So, yeah, yeah, I think it's actually going to be more important. It'll be real. I mean, uh, everybody's playing under the same circumstances, same everything, um, beating the same teams, you know, like it's, it's going to be a, a real season. Now, the one thing that I I will – I wonder about is like if one league just, you know, they start out slow, one division starts out slow, that there's not going to be that time to catch up. You know, there's not going to be the, the 2014 Royals August and September where they can just, you know, go gangbusters. This is going to be, uh, you're in it or you are tanking and you're trying to get, you know, a top draft pick. So, my only fear is that there's going to be a couple divisions that are just terrible and there might be like one team and they just feast. And we then, need to, uh, we need 2003 yeah. Royals, 2003 Royals is what yeah. we're after here. Well, and that's, you know, like you think about that, the, the offense that was crazy on that team, right? Just, it, it's tough to sustain that for a full year. Well, here you go. If that team goes out of the gate, what were they like? 16 and like two or something when they started. I forget what it was. But, thought, yeah, the, uh, well, that was the one that they won 18 straight games or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was something nuts. Crazy yeah. start. Crazy yeah. start. But if, you know, if a team does that, like, what's to say the other teams aren't just going to see them? Like, screw this. We're, we're tanking. And now, does that delegitimize their path into the one seed or whatever it is into the playoffs? And the other, the, the West and the, the East, you know, they actually really beat each other up and worked hard to get in there, you know. Um, I, that, in my head, is like the only scenario where you're going to have like a tainted version of 
history on that one. So flags fly forever, man. No, there's no yeah. taint in that. I mean, it, you hang that thing up there, and it, it, there's Zach, no. Zach, I hope to God it. you just earmarked that he just said that. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> It'll live forever. Yeah, that two, that 2003 team started That's... 17 and four. Ah, oh, so close. I think 16. Go. Well, they they might have started 16 and four, and then they won one so, more. 23 and 13. Let's see. Where's about a 60 game mark for that team? 31 and 31, 31 and 30. They were 30 and 30 through 60 games. So they really trailed off there. Yeah, they had a bad. In in typical Kansas City Royals fashion, they had a horrible May. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we don't have to worry about that this year. Except for May. May is September now. No, it's so, not. Yeah. It's September. We're awesome in September. We are a good September team. So speaking of the Royals being good in September, uh, I mean, everybody's got a shot, I guess. But um, what this Royals team, this one, uh, what what kind of legitimate shot do they have at this? 14%. Well, right. <laughs> if you're a betting man. <laughs> Still I mean, looking. I'm still looking at uh, at what makes us weak, and what scares me the most is pitching. Like I know we've got that young pitching that's supposed to be coming up, and the question now becomes: Are they good enough, especially in the expanded 60 man roster, to help us at selected parts here and there to be enough to push us to a playoff spot? Like they don't have to be good over 162 games. They don't have to be. Um, they don't have to be on a 40 man roster. Like, can we find spots for those guys to come in and flash? and then maybe find the next guy. I don't know if the Royals are going to be doing that because maybe they don't want to push them too soon in what could be quote-unquote a lost year when they themselves might have the idea of tanking since it's actually easier to tank this year. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting what the actual organizational approach is going to be to this season. How seriously are they going to take their increased chances at a playoff spot versus the the almost given that, hey, it's okay if we don't do well this year. And for me, I would think that Dayton Moore shows, maybe not in recent years as in the past, you know, three or four, but in his tenure, I think that he sh- he has shown that he will go against conventional wisdom in that sense and go for it. Um, and that, that whether it was, I mean, obviously we had the, the period of success in 14 and 15 and then, um, even into 16 where they made a lot of moves and things like that, but they've, the Royals have never been a team that have held back players for service time reasons, or, you know, that they're always the team that is at least under date more. Even if you go to the early years, the, the Gredzalonics and the Francours and, and things where they were, they were legitimately trying to put together competitive teams. Um, and this, it's just not in the DNA to tank. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. he won't. Yeah, and and I believe him. Yeah, yep. Um, I agree. I agree. Which I'd... is hard to do since he's only had what three winning seasons in fifteen. Yeah. He's naturally tanked. I mean, that's the thing. He doesn't have to try. Yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of that has to do with draft picks. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna give a little break here and uh, come back, and after the sounder, we're gonna talk about the draft that just happened and see what we think of the 12 or 14 new Royals, whatever it is. With the fourth pick of the 2020 MLB draft, 
the Kansas City Royals select Asa Lacey, a left-handed pitcher from Texas A&M University. The top left-handed pitcher off the board, Asa the Ace Lacey. Uh, breakout season was a sophomore year, 2.13 ERA. He ranked in the top 10 in Division I baseball on opponent's average and K per nine. Uh, off to an unbelievable start in 2020. He struck out 46 batters in 24 innings, uh, gave up two runs on just nine hits. Uh, he struck out 13 in his last outing against New Mexico, seven no-hit innings. This guy being 6'4 or better, he's developed and grown since he's been at Texas. But it's the slider, Greg. For a guy that's thrown with exceptional velocity as he's come up, he's been up to 97 miles an hour. I like big body guys that use their body. If you look here, he gets really the big muscles involved, gets a great finish, therefore a nice north-south. I like big body guys that use their body. If you look here, he gets really the big muscles involved. left-handed pitchers we've had in the SEC in the 18 years that I've been there. Uh, but this kid's a puncher. He, he's coming after you. He, he's very uh, durable, as Al said, and Al's a good comp to this kid. Uh, Jim Callis, I'm looking at the farm system for the Royals. Obviously, last year's pick Bobby Witt Jr. He's uh, their top prospect. Then you've got Brady Singer, Daniel Lynch, Jackson Coar. You're adding Lacey. Uh, the Royals have an M.O. now. They're stockpiling arms. Welcome back to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen and others. Um, it's uh, it's time to get right into the 2020 Royals uh, amateur draft class, um, which, as with everything in the world right now, the draft was turned completely upside down. Um, and, I mean, there's never been a Major League Baseball draft this small, right? Like, I mean, I don't know the history, yeah. but... I can, even if you go back to early, you know, I don't know how long they've been doing the draft, the amateur draft for decades. Yeah, it was over 50 rounds up until like 10 years ago. So. Yeah. So uh, just a complete opposite approach by MLB this year in light of everything going on in the world. Uh, and the general sense is that the Royals cleaned up both in terms of what they drafted and then what they signed after that. So uh, a gentleman, what a we we obtained 13 new kansas city royals six by draft and seven by signing undrafted players uh what do you think what do you like what do you not like well i'll go first here i think uh i think it's pretty obvious what the uh what the general approach here is it seems to be pitching and then uh, they were after some pitching and then it looked like they were trying to get pitching uh, hmm. Interesting. I wonder if they thought about maybe trying to get some pitching. Yeah, it seems, you know, my thought on this was in the past with Dayton Moore, it seems like one of his major flaws has always been the ability to develop uh, develop pitching in his farm systems, right? So if you only have three darts and you don't hit the board with any of them and two of them are stuck in the ceiling, I guess the philosophy he's going with is give me 20 darts. So right. on Luke's take there, hot takes with Luke Goshen. Um, Can you put the I, hot? Hot. Uh, I do want to point something out, and this is something that I think is new for, or maybe not new, but just different. And it's it might be Dayton's trying to exploit, kind of like he did in the, you know, the 13, 14, 15 years where we got the big bullpen and we pit, we played the game backwards, right? As far as pitching goes and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he drafted big arms that are into the bullpen kind of guys in college 
And that's not always a guy that's get that is going to be taken in a top five round. That's that's you know a ten through fifteen round guy. Um, you, you know they're they're hitting triple digits, but they're also only a fifteen to twenty five pitch guy. Um, and so what I'm I don't know I I feel like the plan this year was obviously pitching, but um, it almost was like obviously we went out and got the dude the the lefty Kershaw kind of idea guy. Yeah, that dude who was projected by everybody under yeah. the sun to go number third, two. number yeah, two or number three. three. Yeah, no and brainer he, pick. Yeah, good fell. pick. Yeah. Well, and then uh, the Royals went with Asa Lacy over the kid from. Vanderbilt and Austin Martin um, and some other the guy I really wanted obviously Emerson Hancock uh, but I think the the reason that Lacey was such a good pick was I don't think that signability wise Austin Martin was going to be able to fit the slot money that we were going to pay Lacey was going to get even more money he fell down to us and really like a value pick which is weird to say at number four but like that's a lot of value for that slot money. Um, and then you even get in the supplemental round with Lofton um, and you get a really good dude that had maybe second round to first round grade, but um, they end up getting him for 3 million, which again was actually a little under slot. Um, they could go out and, and overspend a little bit in the second and the third round and, and bring some guys in that um, we, I, I think we kind of, we reached up a little bit, um, and those middle, second, third, and fourth rounds, then we would have um, if Lacey didn't fall that far down to us. Uh, and so, like, the value that we got out of this draft was really, really impressive. Um, and then even more impressive was we signed all these guys already. Like, they're they're already all signed and locked up. So Yeah, that's the weird little silver lining of the way that this particular draft worked. And granted, in, in recent years, since they've started really cracking down on uh, slots, you know, s- slot contracts and things like that. That draft picks get signed faster now than they always yeah. did. You know, you you have a few exceptions here or there, but we don't have Mustakis and Hosmer watch anymore like we did when we signed right. them. Where well, I think it wasn't even Hosmer, where it was like he didn't really get signed in time, but we all just say that he did <laughs> or something August to that effect, first or whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, where that's just not. I mean, even last year with Bobby Witt Jr. If, you know. And, and you go back like that's not the case anymore these guys are signing faster and so they're getting into the minor leagues they're at least extended spring um getting into the system and getting going that same year now granted that's not going to happen this year because there's not going to be a minor leagues but it does give i mean the common prevailing thought and the royals today even came out and certainly did not say no when we're directly asked whether Asa Lacey is going to be in that 60. So you've got he this. He said it would be, J.J. Piccolo said it would be aggressive, aggressive but they didn't yeah. say no. Yeah. That's I true. mean, they've done it before. I mean, let's, yeah. let's, I mean. <laughs> it's not going to be out of the realm of possibility by any means, especially with a college kid that, yep. you know, and so, had, a, had a shortened inning season. So yeah. he doesn't have nearly as many innings on his arm as, you know, some of the other guys would have. Um, and that leads, that leads me into my, my biggest thing that I see about this draft 
is that the Royals drafted six players and they signed seven more. Right. And as a 13, 12 of them are college players. Yeah. Could you could look at that and say, oh, they were trying to play it safe because you know you've got a lot more tape, so to speak, obviously, on those players than you do on the, the high school players. Um and so I I haven't looked at all the draft picks and all the free agent signings or anything like that, but I would imagine that this is probably somewhat par for the course for everyone. I don't know if 12 out of 13, every team. Um, but it also tells me that I, I, that it looks like Dayton Moore thinks that he's pretty darn close to a competition window again. Yeah, that's what, that's what it told me too. I say, I look at it differently. I, I don't know. I think uh, with high school seniors not being able to complete their years, they weren't able to get scouts out to look at these kids. Like yeah, you're basically absolutely. going off, you're going off last year's numbers, and that just doesn't work when you're drafting high school kids. Like you've got to know what they are right now. And so right. teams, and so the- I just don't think we're willing to take that chance. And the Royals, I don't think Dayton had the flexibility to take that chance. His farm system is already ranked near the bottom of the league. Um, I think he was looking. I don't at think this, that's. He, I don't think that's true anymore. Eh, they're still ahead. in the tw- They're still in the twenties. They're still in the twenties of the latest one. And, and so Dayton Moore is looking at it as, I've got a little bit of a wave of players coming up, and the only way I'm going to supplement that is to try to find some guys that might slot into that a little bit early and get them up within the next one, two, three years. And the only way you're going to do that was with college arms. He couldn't take those chances on any high school kids. Like if he if he was a brand new general manager and he was guaranteed five or six more years, it might have been prudent to take that chance to find some of those high-risk high school guys. But he did not have that ability right now, I don't think. that I don't think he had a choice. Last year we picked five – pitchers from college in the first yep. five rounds yeah and the crazy stat that we have taken like 47 out of the last like 65 or something players have been arms that we've taken and like of those almost all of them have been college arms yeah so. yeah and so i think that you especially with the past two drafts hit the nail on the head for dayton moore is that he will draft college pitching um and that he is I'm not going to say he won't draft high school pitching, but he is much more apt to sign to draft and or sign the high, the college pitcher and the high school position player. Um, And, but this year, again, everything's different. Everything's weird. Everything's off the table, but uh, he went all college position players too. So to me that, that signifies he thinks he's close. And he, he might be. The team is close. He, so. he might be. They, I tell you what, I don't think it's this year, and I'm not sure it's next year. But uh, the year after, you know, next year and the year after, I, I think they can. I think they can field a competitive team. This year's kind of fun though. Like I don't. I don't want to dismiss this year. If it was a normal year, I don't think we have a chance in hell of you know not drafting in the top ten. But with as weird as this year is, I, I don't know. I mean, I think I think anybody can feel like they have a chance. So with that said, yeah, you're you're, you're probably right. If they if they can build some momentum this year, I I think that uh, next year you know everybody's trying a little bit harder. So. And uh, because we were talking about off air about fact checking each other as much as we could, uh, MLB ranks the Kansas City Royals minor league as the seventeenth. Uh, oh, seventeenth! So just and that the bottom is, half. And that is prior to this year's class. So, oh my god! Well, it's not in the twenties, and it's not one. What was that? I can go check the tape, but I think it was that you said one of the worst in baseball. 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was look. I was I, there was another one I was looking at, and they had ranked them in the. Uh, doesn't. I think is the one that you're talking about. Like. Yeah, I said whatever one I saw, they they had them in the twenties. So I was still I was still going. Oh crap, that's bad. So yeah. that's that's all, all right, I was going right. on. I get it. That helps you sleep at night. Do whatever you need. It to doesn't. Do, so. It doesn't. It's terrible. I want them to be better. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, oh, before we before we finish this segment, we've talked around it a lot. What is the Kansas City Royals record going to be at the end of sixty games in twenty twenty? Chris Walker, um, twenty five and thirty five. Is that a playoff spot? No. All right. It could be. I guess if there's expanded rosters. Luke? I'll take the under. I'll go uh, 24 and 36. Still not a playoff spot, but the, you know, and what I'll, what I'm going to say about this is even if they go 24 and 36 or 25 and 35, that's still almost a win for us because that would mean that throughout the season, we still felt like we had a reason to watch. And that's all I've really wanted out of the Royals in the 37 years I've been miserable. So I'd take that, you know. I mean, at least then they, you know, oh, we get a little hot here. We can, we can have a chance. So, all right, I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the, I'll be the John of this podcast episode uh, here. I'll be the optimistic one. I'll go. I think they're gonna go thirty-one and twenty-nine. Um, playoff spot. I honestly, I haven't really read up that much on the expanded playoffs. So, is it eight teams from each? 31 and 29 might very well get them in. Oh, yeah, but what, how does the actual playoffs, the expanded playoffs work? 17, 18? It's, ex, it's expanded. I don't, I don't know. I think it's eight. Yeah. So they, so half of the American League. So it's 31 and 29 in the top half of the American League. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. I'll just shoot for the moon. What the hell? It doesn't matter. 31 and 29, and they get a, they get a, and then once you get in the dance, man, anything can happen. So. We we can we can hearken back to this when the Royals win the World Series this year and and see if we think it's legitimate at that point I suppose so. By right. the way, just to go back to your fact checking, Bleacher Report has us at number ten currently. <laughs> Shut up, Wagger. <laughs> I, I agreed with you. I I definitely saw it in the twenties. I, I I saw there was I don't know which one it was. I saw one that had us at I think it was twenty two or twenty three. That's what I was going I on. Twenty three. Sure, 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 sure. Yep, I get you. All right, we're gonna go to break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna go around the whore. Uh, which should be which should be a lot of fun. I'm excited for it. It's no host brawl, but it's kind of host brawl light, so that's exciting for me. So. In other news, texting is causing some bizarre body changes. Doctors say more and more young people are growing horns at the base <laughs> of their skulls. What? Yes, horns. The experts call it text neck. And they say the horn-like spurs are forming because people are constantly looking down on their phones and computers. So, parents, here's the big takeaway. If you want to get your kids off the devices, warn them about the horns they're growing. They might actually think that's cool. Well, unfortunately, yes. Welcome back to the program. Uh, we're going to go around the horn now. Uh, hopefully I made a sounder that was really cool that leads into this. And if I didn't, well, it's because I'm lazy, but That's maybe. Uh, I loved yeah. it. I loved the sounder. Yeah. Um, this is a little segment. Uh, it's uh, f- four topics, four questions, if you will. Just around the horn real quick. Baseball in the universe of baseball related. 
uh, kind of things. Just some fun stuff here. So uh, first up, uh, first base, um, a former Royal Alert. Uh, some of you out there may know that uh, everyone's favorite leadoff hitter in Kansas City Royals history, Alcides Escobar, <laughs> Uh, is is still an active player, just uh, on a different continent. Um, he is playing with the Tokyo Yakult Swallows in the whatever league that is, the Nippon Professional Baseball. Also on that roster currently, um, one Mr. Nori Aoki of uh, 2014 Kansas City Royals fame. Uh, so, gentlemen, uh, for our first base of Around the Horn here, why don't you go ahead and give us your favorite Nori Aoki and or Alcides Escobar moment. And uh, the more obscure, the better. What uh, what well, pops into your mind? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this one for I know Luke's probably going to steal one of mine. So <sighs> one of my favorite, I'll just start with Nori. Um, the, he was playing right field, and there was like a pop-up in foul territory. And he came running in and went into a like a... A feet first slide to try and catch the ball in foul territory, and he missed the ball, but the ball didn't miss him. Oh, and he took uh, it. the ball it shot, just, the ball it shot, took, yeah, should have yelled two kind of thing. Uh, and that it was either that one or when he like jump and swang at the same time. I don't know if you guys remember that, but there was like a ball that was like coming in on him, and he like jump and then swang at the ball and hit the ball as he was like both feet were off the ground and he hit the ball. Those are my two yep. uh, Nori Aoki uh, favorites. And Escobar um, is my mom's favorite player of all time because he was born on my birthday. And so that's obviously his his claim to fame. But um, it, was, yeah. it was obviously the uh, Cespedes um, Son of a mess bitch. up. Oh, yeah. at, Bergie and I were at that game. And uh, that was such a fun start to the uh, 2015 World Series because everybody and their brother knew he was swinging at the first pitch and uh he still he he hit that ball to left center that Cespedes misplayed and ended up becoming a inside the park home run to lead off the game so that was pretty awesome it's a good one let you leave all right well he took the two easy ones so. yeah he took he took my esky moment he took everybody's esky moment yeah, i got another he took, Nori moment but. He took my Nori moment too because that's like the greatest GIF on uh, on Twitter. But I guess I'll go with the uh, my Nori moment would be besides for that one. Um, I believe he's the one that got drilled in the helmet by uh, Yadier Molina when Yadi was throwing back oh. to the pitcher. <laughs> yep, and he bent down and got drilled in the helmet. That's that's a pretty good one as well. Like yeah. uh, that wasn't even necessarily his fault. He just got drilled in the helmet. <laughs> well, um, my, I'll oh, go ahead and start. Oh well, that's all right for Alcides Escobar for. Uh, for second, oh, what's the second favorite Alcides Escobar moment? Um, I don't know. I don't know. That Cespedes one is that's a that is his defining moment. As it's a good one. Also. It's a good yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you're going to be remembered for something, that's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'll just stick with the same one Walker did. There then. You I'll go. go with that one as well. Uh, my one of my favorite memories of Nori Aoki's time in Kansas City was when I don't remember what stretch it was, but he had yeah a stretch where he hit it was like 480 or something like that. It was it in was, August. Yeah, where he had 
I can't, it was a big hitting streak, or it was a games hitting streak, or something. I don't was that the, was that the eleven hits in a series? Was he the one that did that? Yeah, uh, yeah. It was and crazy like that. And my favorite memory of that is actually Denny Matthews calling one of the games, and him just just the perfect deadpan, wasn't kidding, but was completely kidding, just like. And now uh, Nori Aoki is officially the best hitter on planet Earth, or he said something like that. It was just you know a perfect Denny moment. Um, and then for Eski, uh, yeah, I mean that's that's the moment. But uh, you know, I always remember him getting thrown at by Cindergard, and now an entire Royals nation will. That's a fantastic one. Will that's right. Uh, will always hate Noah Syndergaard specifically for that moment. And so. Yeah. And Esky had so many great defensive moments. It's not even fair. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we, they, get, they get blended together. So, I mean, he, he was excellent defensively. So he had a bunch of a, those highlights. He was El Mago before Baez was El Mago. That's right. <laughs> All right. Second base. Uh, recently on the RoyalsBlue.com website, which is a thing, the actual blog, uh, there was a post in which our one of our writers did an interview with, and I don't know how to pronounce dude's last name. I'm going to say Daniel Tio Rotillo, um, who is one of the Royals' top pitching prospects. He doesn't get mentioned quite in the same vein as a singer or Kawara or Lynch, but he's right there in that next tier, um, especially since he's been moved to the bullpen. A great post, a great article. Um, I suggest that you go check it out. Uh, however, in the uh, in the interview, we find out that Daniel Tio run, or Tio Tillo, my apologies, runs a anything sports YouTube channel, uh, which is specific to him unboxing baseball cards and oh. and different things like that. And so, gentlemen, um, I'll ask out to you: What was your let's say most valuable or best or favorite, whatever you want, uh, baseball and or sports card that you collected in your youth. I had a, uh, I had a, uh, I, I kind of had two back in the day. I had a, um, a 1980 George Brett card that I thought highly of. And then my Ken Griffey Jr. Rookie card. That was a, uh, a definite prize possession for me. Yeah. I used to actually collect, uh, Hakeem Olajuwon cards and George Brett. Those are my two cards I collected. Yeah, so I had a nice. massive collection of those two. Nice. What about you, Walker? Uh, it's probably, I had a, a bow rookie card, obviously that like yeah. John gave me when I was a kid, he gave me like an 86 tops, um, uh, uh, complete set. You remember when you could like buy the like whole year set? Yeah. Yep. And when we were kids, Johnny got a, he got like the 86 set and when he was getting older, he didn't want it anymore. So he gave it to me. So I have like that. And so that's a big one that I really like. Um, and then uh, I don't know if you guys remember Don Russ used to do these like, like big head illustration cards. And I had a, a I don't know why, but Bobby Bone, you know, like I had one of his, I had one of King Griffey Jr. And uh, Barry Bonds. And I just, I love those like big head cards. Those are always yep. Super cool. So, yeah, yeah I was uh, I was more of a football card collector than I was a baseball card. Um, really? Yeah. Yep. And so I had, uh, and of course I had, I still have it somewhere in the house here, a uh, collection of 
just the most obscure early 1990s Kansas City Chiefs that you can think of, you know, uh, my suite of JJ Burden cards or whatever. Um, uh, one of my probably one of my more valuable cards and funny occurrences was I had, uh, of all things, it was an Anthony Hardaway, Penny Hardaway rookie card. Yeah, uh, was a little a, penny on it too. No, no, it was just uh, big penny. Um, and at the time, it was it was fairly valuable. I have no idea what cards are worth these days, if anything. But uh, I took it to school for something, maybe a show and tell or something. And uh, one of the dudes, well, just a, I always this, you know, I remember it is he was a, a jerk. He gave me a dollar and then stole it. Oh, well, so, man. Got it back. so somewhere out there in the world, my uh, Penny Hardaway rookie card is, you know, just missing me i'm sure so it's in somebody's spokes somewhere yeah. all zach, right zach yeah. i'm i'm sorry it, it explains so much <laughs> now right uh, <laughs> like um all right coming into third base on the triple here mike matheny you guys know who mike matheny is right he's uh he's cardinals the, guy that's right yeah he got ran out of st louis now he's your your kansas city royals manager shit um, he actually started his managerial career once he finished playing. His first job, managerial job, was for Little League Baseball. Um, it's manifesto when he wrote the Matheny yeah. manifesto. And so, question out to you, gentlemen: What position did you play in Little League Baseball? And uh, just cut right to it: Were you actually any good? Middle infield. I played middle infield. Nope. Chris, on to you. <laughs> I played catcher, actually, when I was growing up. And it wasn't until uh, I moved to Cole Camp that I started playing infield um, and pitching. So I was a catcher. And, uh, I mean, I was, I was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's funny. I played catcher as well. Um catcher and then occasionally center field and then they always tried tried to get me to pitch but for some reason like seven-year-old or eight-year-old zach was just had no interest whatsoever in pitching so they they kept like i remember coach getting mad because they wanted me to pitch i was just like no i don't want to do that i just I'll play catcher i like the mask or whatever the case may be um that was pretty good too as a, as a little kid we had like little all-star game things that I got to play in a couple times, but then I, uh, I could have gone pro, but I blew out my knee in college and you know, it's, that's it's what happens. Yeah. Oh that, man. Yeah. All right, let's go home. All right. And, uh, coming around just like Eskies in the park home run, it's time to come down this home stretch and see if we can make it to home plate. Um, John Sherman, you guys might've heard of him. He's been in the news in the past, uh, eight months, 12 months, but he's now the owner amongst a group of people but the main owner of the uh, your kansas city royals uh john sherman uh did a lot of things in business but the thing he's probably most well known for is he founded a little company called energy lp uh it's a american supplier of propane and propane accessories um probably propane accessories but fourth largest propane retailer in the united States. damn it bobby oh i was just gonna say that you took it <laughs> So I'm going to throw this. This question's a little bit slanted towards Walker. So I'm going to throw it to Luke first. Luke, 
um, can you, do you know, and can you give us the molecular formula for propane? That's pretty easy. Um, anybody that's ever um, done anything with, Oh, Google. let's see. It's so what happens? <laughs> yeah. Basically, click, 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 everybody click. knows that C three H eight. Yeah, is, Google definitely does know is that. Definitely, it's a it's a three work. carbon alkaline, um, and that's <laughs> well, it not a something. It's a gas at standard temperature and pressure, yeah, it, but compressible into a transportable. That's liquid. right. That's right. So yeah. it's a transportable liquid. Um, yeah. Definitely a three carbon alkaline, um, and um, yes, it's 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 good stuff. So go ahead and go to Chris now. I, yeah, I mean, as of October 2013, everyone knows that the retail cost of propane pain was uh, approximately $2.37 <laughs> per gallon. And yeah, it's actually got two fewer hydrogen, if you're wondering. Yeah. I heard you heard you say propane right there. You're yeah, close. probably. Well, look at you. Look at you, high school science teacher. Uh... <laughs> I figured that deck was a little stacked towards you on there, so I'd let uh, Luke apparently cheat first. So. Organic chemistry is my least favorite of any subject I've ever taken in my oh, life. And the chemistries. Probably the main reason that I didn't continue <laughs> on to med school, so I don't want to ever hear that question again, please. All right, fair enough. Well, that was the home run. So there we are. We have completed Around the Horn. And with that, uh, we also wrap up episode number 30 of Whoa. the RoyalsBlue.com podcast. Uh, we oh, made that was it. nice. You yeah. should do that every time wrap up with the royalsblue.com make it to 30 no just the way you said it yeah well you know yeah you sounded okay there unlike what you usually sound like i know yeah well i had to get warmed up with an hour worth of bullshit to get there so it was good yeah uh, well, thank you all who are still out there for listening to yep. the RoyalsBlue.com podcast. Uh, you can uh, find our actual blog at RoyalsBlue.com, where a couple gentlemen we kind of know have been writing a lot of material recently that you can check Excuse out. Excuse me. Uh, I, uh, I expect that to, now that we actually have stuff to write about, pick up uh, a bit as well. Uh, you can also probably our claim to fame, other than host brawl, you can follow us at RoyalsBlue underscore com on Twitter where a suite of us are just the snarkiest, funniest people on Twitter, you know, kind of thing. Ha ha funny. Yeah. Uh, and on Facebook at Royals Blue. Um, and that's what we got. Gentlemen, I'm, I think we're all excited for baseball to be back, right? Damn right. I'm here for it. There we go. Anything else before we sign off? Stay safe out there, guys. Wear your that's mask. Right. Wear a mask. Wear, pro- Wear protection. That's right. PPE <laughs> for everyone. Especially Luke. Thank you for listening to the RoyalsBlue.com podcast. Visit us at RoyalsBlueIt's.com. Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.